Hello, Podwalkers, and welcome to another episode of the Goblin Lore Podcast. Uh, today, we are here to talk to you about one of Goblin's three favorite things, and that is food. The other two being explosions and rocks. I believe we've we've covered this in the past. Uh, yes. At some point, we might actually and have to rocks do rocks that explode, and probably food that explodes. Uh, and we yeah, have not I... covered that. We have there's, definitely not covered exploding foods. Yes, there's there's definitely <gasps> some overlaps, like where they, oh. they get extra bonuses for for hitting more than one. But it's like three things that are their favorite things on their own. Add in other elements, and it it just you know makes it so, more of a bonus. We're talking food tonight, which is great because my brain food. already went like left field. But have you ever seen like I, I watch a lot of cooking shows. Um, <laughs> And, and like this happened a while ago. It was a phenomenon on TV for a while where like imposter cakes or food that looks like other food that really messes with your mind, you know, like you I've heard do it. this. Yeah. So like, it's, you know, like imposter foods it would be like, it looks like a steak, but when you cut into it, it's a cake. And for a while it was that joke of like, uh, you don't know what food is because there were so many videos going around and people cutting into things that like look straight up like a real object or like a person or an animal and then it's a cake inside. But I feel like this is how goblins would cook. Like, right? Like, the hybrid between rocks and food, you know, maybe actually isn't I mean, that. Like, it's just that they make their food to also look like items so other people don't steal them. There may be some goblin, maybe the blue goblins. I suspect a lot of the more mono red goblins don't have the patience for that <laughs> no that, I, yeah i think i'm thinking we're talking the artificers or the at yeah, least the yeah, I goblins. See that. yeah yeah they're doing right. it so speaking of goblins why don't yes. we introduce ourselves <laughs> <laughs> i'm alex newman found on twitter sometimes but not really right now at mel underscore chronicler <laughs> i pronounce our he him Hobbs? And I'm and I'm Hobbskew. I can be found on Twitter at Hobbskew, and my pronouns are he him. So thanks, Hobbs. That was probably the greatest intro to to uh, an episode of this cast we've ever had. So I appreciate the uh, <laughs> the real goblin energy that uh, that you're bringing to to it tonight. So like I said, we're talking about food, which longtime listeners will know means we're talking about the color pie of food. Uh, if you're not a longtime listener, welcome. We're weird. And this is a great uh, example of, of yeah. it. We have fun. Yeah. Or if you found us last, the last couple of weeks when we were talking <laughs> yes. about representation on Kamigawa and also mind control stories and difficulties with them. Yeah. Well, now we're going to talk food. Yeah. More serious. We're talking about more serious things. Still joking and 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 having a good time, which is is kind of yeah, what we want to do. Definitely. Well, definitely. Also more giving gravity topic. to the topic. Yeah. But exactly. Tonight, uh, we're no not gravity. talking. No, no serious. Well, I mean, we are talking serious. We are seriously talking about food tonight. So we we have done this a lot. This this is definitely our longest running series, despite the fact that I'm sure our our goblin profiles was our first series and intended to be like our biggest, like like pillar, you know, or flag stone. I, there's there's words there. I'm, I'm losing the right one, so I'm using the half right ones or just keep using enough of them <laughs> yes or that's <laughs> so you either right. find anyway. the right one or you find enough wrong ones yeah english is great we have lots of words that mean similar things so we can just kind of keep riffing on that um anyway so the food the color pie of food is is a, a topic that was brought to by and you know i should have these things prepared and i don't one of our patrons whose name is escaping me 
Hobstack. That was swap. Thank you very much. Yep. Um, way back in, I think I want to say it was like episode like forty or something. Like it was early in the cast because. God, we've we've had a lot of episodes now. <laughs> anyway, this um, is episode one hundred and forty. <laughs> wow! So it was a, well, about a hundred episodes ago. Um, I, I don't think it was exactly, but it was it was thereabouts. And he asked us to do, do talk about the color pie of sauces, and so we had a lot of fun. Oh, here we go! I just found it. It was episode fifty three. Um, it was a lot of fun. We enjoyed it. Uh, I kind of accidentally built like a structure for this because. That was the only way I had any ability to like prepare for that episode. And then we realized this was a thing that we could continue to apply to other types of food and continue to develop because we're, we're definitely still working on it. And I will warn you, we will definitely talk about food tonight, but I think unlike like, to be honest, like our more recent episodes of this, there will be fewer particular foods we're talking about and it'll probably be more philosophy talk but that's fun. Like that's, that's part of what we have fun about with this. Yeah. As I say, so for people that are new, if you want to go back and listen, this is actually, as Alex said, it's our longest running kind of, well, besides the profiles of goblins um, is, is our longest running kind of consistent topic we've done to the point where we've refined the color pie and talked about everything from the differences between color pie of the ingredients to color pie of the preparation. Um, On the last time we did this for Thanksgiving, we talked about hybrid mana and what that would, you know, how that functions game wise. And it's not just the fact that it's two colors, but what hybrid means versus, you know, red, black. We like, so we've done a lot with this topic and it's always fun for us to look at different ways to think of these magic concepts. And this is also just personally one of Alex and I's favorites because we both like to eat a lot and we and and we like to cook and that's the thing we've talked about too and actually if my very quick napkin math slash control f in our uh goblin lower planner document is correct the goblin profiles we definitely started earlier but we have done more color pie of food episodes um it helps that it's a thing we've done consistently and it wasn't something that we forgot to do for a year and a half but i digress as legendary goblins there is. There is a lot more food. I need to close. So before this, we get too getting far into this Bye. actual topic, I want to make sure that we are thanking some people. Yes. So let's start out first by uh, thanking the Grinding Coffee Company, uh, since we are on a food topic and coffee is definitely a food group for me. Uh, we want to throw a shout out to them. So they they support us, um, help us with our giveaways, help us with. Um, just spreading the word. They're very supportive of mental health. They're just supportive of gamers in general. So they're a a minority-owned LGBT-ran coffee company uh, that really specializes in in, in branding towards gamers and supporting gamers with codes. For If you go over to our Goblin Lore podcast, you can click on our link and you can get a discount on your coffee. And we love them. So, Yeah, definitely. And and the other show we want to give, this is one that it's a thing we we did a while ago or joined a, a bit ago, but we talked about it a bunch then and haven't talked about it much recently. But there's an organization called the Fireside Alliance, um, which is described on their website as an independent media network and a progressive community of progressive communities. And, and we actually joined this community um, about a year, not a year ago. It would have been months ago, but it, like the middle of middle-ish of last year. And it's a it's a group Once of again, podcasts. Time and other has no meaning, so it's um, okay. 
but it's a bunch of podcasters and other content creators just all kind of had their own communities like we do with the Goblin Lore uh, community in our Discord and things. But they're just looking to build a space for these communities to kind of come together. And that's so there's a website that kind of talks about things. There's a, a Discord that's, you know, free to join. That's part of this community as well. If that sounds like something you're interested in, I'll say there's some good content in there just along a lot of different uh, yeah, of geeky yeah, sort of avenues. So it lets you kind of, you know, it broadens out beyond magic for us to have kind of mm-hmm. some um, wider connections to, to the geek community. And also, you know, they're, they're on board for some ideas that we're pitching for May for Mental Health Awareness mm-hmm. Month of kind of trying to just help push out to some of their fandoms some of that mental health and mental health awareness that the cast is all about. So yes. we've been really and excited that they, they, like, they jumped at like the opportunity. So, yeah. And I'm, I'm, I'm really looking forward to, to working with some of them and, 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 and like directly doing things, but even like have them put out to talk to the topics and things, even if there isn't a direct collaboration, they're all, that's a, that's a thing that is important to them as well. Like it is to us. Which is another reason why I really like this community, and, I, and I'm, I'm glad and, and honored to be a part of it. We actually approached them and asked if if we could join, and, and they were gracious enough to to let us join the the community. So really appreciate that, and want to shout that out. Um, but then to get onto the main topic of the show, unfortunately, this is an audio only format, so you can't enjoy the fact that I, to get in the mood for this, wore my breakfast pajama pants uh, that have pictures of toast bacon eggs and coffee on them and it's they're great they're festive because they fit the topic of the show which is breakfast the color pie breakfast foods i am so excited of the clarification because i thought these were like when i wear certain pants to breakfast because i know how much i'm gonna eat no and like then i I know that i won't feel bad there's an element of that but these are legitimately breakfast pajama pants and they are my very favorite pajama pants and uh today when my apartment was a little cooler than it has been recently it's like i should put some pajama pants on to be warmer and then i saw these and it's like i'm gonna dress for the occasion because i knew what we were recording tonight very happy um the uh, serendipity that worked out there but (laughs) i don't have no idea how i was planning to transition from that into the actual topic so what i'm gonna do well, is call it out I point mean, at it and then walk away from it we're talking breakfast we're talking breakfast we're talking so, breakfast and we're talking breakfast foods and we're talking breakfast we're foods and yeah and and one one thing we want to make sure and this is this is a thing that we talk about a little bit in the past but like as we're going with the color pie of food i want to be very specific to talk about where we're coming from so culturally Hobbs and I are both Americans. We're, we're both white Americans. Um, I We're both in Minnesota right now. I've grown up here and lived here my whole life. Hobbs is a transplant um, from, from California. So there's a little bit of difference there. But for the most part, we come from a very similar cultural culinary background in that regard. Like you you do have some difference. I mean, individual differences as, as there generally will be. But from a broad strokes that's what we're talking about that's where we're coming from so when we talk about yeah, breakfast i foods, don't i don't put mayo on everything or put jello in it and call I, it a salad i tend not to well actually i don't do either of those i i, I prefer miracle whip over mayo and i don't even use that very much um wow we just wow our numbers just dropped way off yeah. on listeners <laughs> <laughs> that's fair 
but like, like it, there's there's some midwestern stuff there i i understand those references to salads and things that i've seen at potlucks and and like church potlucks and stuff a lot in any event we're talking about breakfast food we're not talking about weird potluck salads some of which are good and some of which i avoid um we're talking about breakfast foods, but we want to we want to have the caveat that we're again talking about sort of American breakfast because everyone kind of has their own version of what this is. And we're gonna like you said, we're gonna talk about some specific foods for sure, but we're gonna talk about some philosophy first because if you are not familiar with um, American breakfast stuff, well, at basically all times, excess is is a is a common feature to American culinary designs, I suppose. But breakfast in particular, <laughs> there's some very serious um, excess sort of things, which leads it leans itself very heavily towards black. And I, I'll get into some specifics here in a second. So why don't we actually talk about the color pie as a in a general sense? Um, so I will go through in in Wooberg order and in, in, you know in Wooberg, which okay, two seconds. <laughs> you're gonna sum up very very. We can get into some more detail as we go, and yeah. it becomes relevant. But just to yeah. keep keep the framework, put, put, let put us know where we're at, Alex, because you do a better job of tracking where our pies oh evolved to. So, so white is harder. This is when we're still kind of working to nail down some specifics. But in general terms, white are generally going to be your more common things, your more accessible things. Um, like ketchup, when we talked about sauces, what ketchup was in, in American culture again, very white. You get ketchup everywhere. It's it's and it's it's kind of also very white if you want to talk about white Americans as well. But like in that context, in that cultural context, ketchup is something that's for the masses. It's a generally a consistent thing. There are different brands that have different ketchups, but they're they're the the difference between them is much smaller than the difference between various kinds of i don't know mustards and other things so it's a it's a relatively accessible actually ketchup's very accessible thing we're talking about i think we talked about like fast food at one point mcdonald's is a very talked about like consistency and like you know what you're gonna get kind of like idea like you know um we've talked a lot about like everything that we usually talk about with white could have other versions but we're kind of talking about maybe the base that you know what you're going to get. A lot of times, some comfort foods, even like a grilled cheese sandwich, just the, the, mm-hmm. like typical, maybe just bread, butter, cheese. Like it's just kind of that simplicity might have those white elements to it. Um, we've talked about and it. There's it, some community it, yeah. element. Yep. Yes. Um, but, and and that's and it, I want to. I also want to make this caveat, which I, I think I make every time. And if I don't, I, I that's too bad. Like I, I would like to make this. I there's nothing wrong with white. This can be good. The, there there is good things. It's just like I'm not ta- even talking down about like McDonald's. Is it the best quality food? No, but that's not what it's about. It's a consistent thing. It's an easy thing. It's an accessible thing. And if those are what you want, that's it's good at those. If you want something that's better, if you want something that's different, you know, then you go somewhere else, and that's fine too. We don't want to we don't want to make any judgments about food and things here. We're not, we're not trying to make qualitative. This is good or bad judgments. We're just trying to say kind of, where does this fit in the color pie? Use that color pie philosophy to sort of examine how we eat, what we eat and, and things like that. So 
saying white is the stuff that's more for the masses and accessible is is just this is kind of where it fits. Um, so then to not get drug too long and sit in one place, blue um, tends to be more technical. Blue is like sauces in particular are things where it's like these are much more technical Worcestershire sauce. How close? How close was I even in saying that? <laughs> this is Worcestershire. 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 Like, this would be like yeah, you don't. It's not that you don't have like the Cheshire. No. Like if mm-hmm. like if you see the city in Massachusetts, it's Worcester, Massachusetts. It's a similar okay. idea. It, it looks like Worcester. So. Th- when we did our color pie of sauces, you you taught me that that was created by chemists, and it's like that feels like quintessential blue. That like if chemists make this, probably blue. Um, generally, there's these are going to be things where you are trying to not not necessarily hide, but you are manufacturing what you're doing so it it doesn't resemble the natural ingredients that you use to get there. Um, then there's I think there's more. Ex- experimentation how that may fit in other things yeah blue we also talked about like blue could be kind of the like um the technique so we've talked yeah. about like um like uh, like uh gastronomy techniques that you might yes, use that's right. um like that's a very like, blue school of yeah. c- cooking but of, of cooking but it's also done in a way to kind of like enhance flavors yes, i should say in a very oh. scientific manner Yes, it's very blue culinary school as opposed to specifically cooking. I'm using that as sort of a catch-all term, and that's that's a whole other thing. But yeah, but like you know, if we yeah. talk about like when we get to green, we'll talk a little bit more about like the the natural ingredient. Blue techniques would be about well, how do you use the science to bring that about with maybe other mm-hmm. flavors or other techniques? So you know, I was yes. watching a show last night, and they were using uh, baking powder and a liquid to do a quicker way to uh, tenderize meat. To like it breaks apart the proteins enough that you can get the other flavors into the meat if you don't have as much time. So you are using things like baking powder or other flavors or ingredients, marinades, to actually mm-hmm. change the chemistry of the main ingredient. So it's yes, like or, you're actually using the ingredients to do that. There was um, there was a cooking show I was watching where this this restaurant they were using some of the gastronomy things and and just some other techniques and I want to say it was a, a sous vide or something it's like a water bath sort of thing yeah, to sous vide mm-hmm. water chicken. bath keep it at constant temperature um, well and and the way they cooked it the texture of it felt like it was raw chicken when it was fully cooked and fully safe and there's no you know issues of the salmonella but like it it created a very different texture to what you would get from traditional cooking methods and it's like that is kind of a a blue you know at least there's some blue in that pursuit to say i want to do this in a different way that we haven't been able to do it before use technology and science to do something different with the food so then black black is the easiest to sum up black is flavor at all costs and we're talking about that a lot when we get to the actual foods here um for for american breakfast food but flavor at all costs um tends to be you know gravy is my my favorite go-to because you're you're gonna take like not even the drippings from this piece of meat are going to escape you're putting that right back into this sauce that's going to be rich and it's going to be thick and it's going to be delicious and you kind of don't care what the consequences of it are and um 
we we have a lot of that, so we'll, we'll get into some details of that later. Green, we've kind of talked about already. Green kind of pairs well with with blue as as the opposite. In green, you tend to do fewer. You know, you're you're cooking with fewer ingredients. You're trying to um, capitalize. You know, you're, you're trying to really show off the natural characteristics of one or two ingredients or whatever you're doing to this piece of meat. It's to show off of that piece of meat. It's not to add in and layer other things on it, but it's to show what that piece of meat is and what that the flavor of that is and what it can do. Yep. And then, uh, so red, we've talked oh, about red. red as kind of being e- a couple of different things. You know, red is going to be like your heat for the heat's sake. So yes. you're not necessarily doing it for flavor. You're doing it to punch somebody in the face. You're just going to it- kick the heat up. It's kind um, of experiential in yep. some ways. You're looking mm-hmm. to experience something that may or may not have to do with the normal food thing. I think An most intensity. things, anything where you set the food on fire, there's some element of red. Yes, I would say that that is very, very true. And we've also talked about red as being kind of the the the, the passion or the love that can come mm-hmm. um, for something. But it is like that intensity that is behind it. So like we've talked about yep. like the different areas of how color pie works. Um and, and I will also say, too, we've and, talked about this idea of like just throwing together whatever you have in the house. Yes. And I think that's that's kind of a red element, too, is there's um, from sort of a meta level of there, there's a spontaneity to red where it's kind of like, I'm hungry, I'm going to eat whatever I have and prepare it with whatever I happen to have. And there's a little bit of red in that. Have I told you, I may have told you this story. I told someone about it this week. So I was just thinking about it, about the time when I've learned how to make grilled cheese with oil instead of butter. No. Okay. No. So this was a time when I wanted to make a grilled cheese sandwich and I didn't have any butter. And so I'm, I'm thinking about it and going, applying the knowledge that I have. I know that you put the butter on there so that at least in part, so the bread doesn't burn. So it's a way to like heat the sandwich and cook it without, burning the bread and it's like well oil can do that too i know oil does that for your you're frying things you can use butter or oil they both will serve that purpose for like a stir fry or whatever it is you're putting on a pan so i experimented um my first sandwich that i tried i had i think i cooked three sandwiches that day to get it figured out um the first one was awful because the i put too much oil on the pan and it soaked into the bread and it was soggy and oily it was not good. Um, and I tried cooking it longer to cook it off and that only let it soak in more. It, it was, it was awful. Um, the second one was better, but then eventually I learned my, my technique was I found, I, I have a, a smaller pan that, um, not a, like a super small egg pan, but it's just a little bit bigger than that. And I've, I've found if I just barely, covered the oil, put just enough oil in there so it almost didn't cover it all so it was just just barely didn't cover it all i put the bread down immediately flip it just like one second flip it so that's a little bit of oil would catch the bread but it wouldn't sit and soak it all in on one side and that divided it up perfectly so that both sides would toast and like not even toast like that at that point the sandwich comes out almost deep fried because there's literal oil on the outside of it that you're cooking um, it was good. It was weird. So <laughs> as but, you were telling the story, yeah, it, it may be like this, like that this came out of that necessity of what you had around, right? Like mm-hmm. you really wanted this. You got it in your mindset, which still feels very red. Like, and you decide you wanted it and you had to deal with what you did. I'm now thinking back to like all these discussions I've seen people have about 
how did people discover that certain foods are edible? <laughs> you know, like, like which mushrooms you eat versus yes. you don't. And it feels like there might be an element of red or like, or like food that people are like very weird to go together. Right. Like one of these is going to be a breakfast food, actually. Chicken and yes. waffles. Yeah, like, let's just get started right there. Even. Chicken and waffles. Who decided that those two things were going to pair together? I mean, there may be a historical reason. Uh, that's where we talk about with white sometimes the community. Maybe there is. But I'm picturing somebody that just had chickens and waffles around. And we're like, yeah, you know what? I'm hungry. I need something more. I don't have any bacon. Or, but I mean, it, yeah. There, yeah. There's also like the 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 thing where it could be a uh, just – both happen to be available and you put them together. Like that's yeah. how potato chips were invented. But I am now thinking that's like, there's tons of things that I've always heard people discuss about. Like, how did people discover that you could do this or that you could eat this or that it was safe? Like, you know, I think there's, there's certain uh, fish that have to be cooked just right. Or like they can make you violently ill, yeah. you know, like well, there's, who, there's the whole uh, like ludifisk thing. Are you familiar with, with that? I mean, familiar being roughly relative. Okay, so lutefisk for for people who are like not in basically Minnesota or the the Midwest, well, well or a, Scandinavian, and would see and Scandinavia. But from and this, I may be wrong. But from from what I've heard, and this was from kind of a food history um, course thing I took, it's Scandinavian in origin, but it's a it was a scarcity food that culturally was brought over by immigrants here. And it still exists, but now that there isn't food scarcity, like it isn't really that big over there. Like it's not, it was this particular food from, from, and I may be wrong on that, but from, from what I learned in this, this course that I, that I, I think it was a great course that I took was talking about lutefisk specifically as an example of this, this, this phenomena where there wasn't enough food, there was a famine or something exactly, but there, there, there was not enough food. And so people learn that there's this really, really bony fish. And if you soak it in lye, in lye, in lye, I'm looking this up right now. Yeah. That it will break down the bones into like a more gelatinous thing that you can actually eat, but you first have to like put it in running water for I don't even know how long, like a day or two or something. Five to six days. Oh, there you go. To, With to wash the lye out because otherwise you kill yourself from consuming lye. And then you can eat this fish that, from what I understand that I've never actually had it, is not a pleasant dining experience by and large. <laughs> so somebody figured out, we have these fish that we can't eat because they're so bony we can't even get at the meat on them. It's like, eh, let's just soak them in, I guess, alkaline. So technically not an acid. It's the opposite of an acid. But it's like what, is, what amounts to an acid for if you tried to like, if you spilt it on yourself, it would burn your, your flesh. The, eh, let's the just name, soak it the, in this thing. The, the name literally means lie fish. Yeah. And it's, but now people eat that still, at least here. And yeah. maybe they do in Scandinavia as well. But like, that's where it came from. Because that was a thing that someone yeah. had to figure out how to do, and some or, people culturally still carry that. You know, like I always wonder, like did they just drop it in some? Maybe I don't know. I I, <laughs> I don't know. But yeah, but yeah, that's right. That's right. Okay, great. that's right. So anyway, chicken and waffles, Hobbs. You want to kick it off with that? 
Don't we? We haven't done green. We got to get through this. Oh yeah, that's right. Green. We got well, one we, color I, left. I got out of order and talked about green a little bit. But if, if you had more that you wanted to say there, no, that's good. I, I thought was know, it. Natural, natural. ingredients. Yep. They they tend to have fewer things. I think yep. there tends to be about centralizing that ingredient. Or we said like things that they do have are meant to still enhance, but in, not scientifically, but just kind of yeah. pair well with the main one to bring it out. Yeah, like you, you maybe it's it's some herbs and seasoning things on a steak as opposed to I think a more black technique would be the butter basting where you, you, the butter. <laughs> butter basting and throwing some black cheese crumble on top. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, now I'm hungry. So See, I think we know I, I, <laughs> I know where my interest on the food color pie lies. Yeah. Uh, so breakfast foods. So we we talked about this kind of um, I, I mentioned chicken and waffles. So chicken and waffles is kind of combining waffles, one of my favorite just all time breakfast foods with fried chicken, um, which is not typically a breakfast food for me. Yeah, I don't have a lot more to add to that one. I think it's a it's a perfect example of, of that sort of combination you wouldn't necessarily think goes together on the face of it um i'm not a huge fried chicken person but from what i gather this is a really good dish that lots it's really popular that lots of people like and that's great um like most american things though problem like most of these things we're going to talk about there's definitely an element of black to it you're, but it's fried chicken, right? It's like fried, general, like it's fried chicken. chicken on top you're of putting, the waffle. And, yeah. and, and a lot of these, if, I, if I'm not mistaken, you're generally throwing syrup on top of it too. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, generally it is. Um, you know, they, like I said, there's a lot of debate about where this came from. That's why this is kind of a cool I, – I love looking at kind of the origin of food because I think they're – you know, they, they kind of talk about it maybe as even coming up with like Dutch settlers versus, mm-hmm. uh, you know, places – first serving it maybe a harlem restaurant and i know that there's some kind of uh elements to to their uh south kind of saying that they have kind of the claim to it but like it it is still just like i don't know how it came about but like it it literally is fried chicken and waffles together yep yep so yeah that's 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 the thing yeah, and I, like I said, I, I, to me, like I said, I think this is really... And, and you know, I it, suppose there's there probably is an element, a, a particular in some communities, of, of white, because there's definitely a community element to it now. Yes. It is, it's, it's a community... Um, yeah, not I mean, there's, communicative there's a, thing, but... Well, there, there's a lot uh, for this with Deep Roots kind of on the with within the black community um, mm-hmm. for, for kind of the... The, the 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 chicken kind of with like the waffles thing is known in more of a southern kind of thing it is seen as like potentially having come to harlem you know those are where it, be, it got more popularized and where i think we're seeing more of a resurgent for it is in maybe some of those kind of elements but the food part of it itself the actual like eating of it to me feels very like like black and red like i'm getting a nice big like i said two things that i would not necessarily have paired together they're together now and that's the thing. We're marrying different flavors here. We're marrying much more of a savory and a sweet. Um, and I think that that Myri has kind of like that, that red element to it for me. So this is just occurring to me right now as we're talking about fried chicken. is potentially a new element as, as part of red. And I want to run this by you. Um, what do you think of like the messiness of the food you eat? So as a 
fairly short aside, despite the fact that I'm I'm read in a lot of things, this is one element where I don't really like to get my hands messy. And so there's food like by and large fried chicken is a thing I don't eat a lot because some of it you kind of have to get in and dig into it and food you do that like I kind of have a minus grade in my head. There's 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 a spectrum of how messy and hard it is to eat like crab legs, for example, is, is a more difficult food to eat compared to how much I actually enjoy it. And fried chicken ends up on the wrong side of that sort of spectrum for me sometimes. That's an interesting divide because I, I think of that when it comes to something like wings, I don't mm-hmm. actually like wings that much. And it's, I, I think the flavors are things I would probably enjoy. I just don't want to spend that much effort for getting a little bit of chicken meat. Yeah, and maybe this is a thing to think about and revisit later, but I, I, my first impulse is to say that red is the color that probably doesn't mind getting messy as much. Maybe red-green or something that doesn't mind getting messy to, to get at their food. It's kind of that same experience thing where red doesn't mind that as part of the experience. I think I like that. I, I could see that. Like, that, that to me makes sense. Like, you know, lobster bakes with a bib on because because butter is flying everywhere. Like <laughs> yeah. I can only see that it's kind of part of the doing it. Um, yes. And that's like the eating. It is not just about that. And that actually yeah. could also be, as we talk about this kind of build into white, there could be some place of experience there with white that I think okay. for, there's a little bit more to do with uh, tradition or, um, you know, I almost think of it as like, if we're talking about like a religious service, how there's like certain performance yes. elements to it. Yes, it's part of the part of the ceremony to it. And that I think that could fit white. I think that could also fit green. Particularly, I think the divide there may be if it's more of a community thing. Like you talk about the lobster bake or not lobster bake. Um you just said it. Uh no, I I did say lobster bake. I think. <laughs> it was lobster bake. Is yeah, it, is but that I like think that's like a fish fry, but a, but or like a but like a I was thinking like you go out and eat lobster with a group of people. Yeah. And I'm thinking versus um, maybe a like what's called a fish fry in Minnesota where you get together and, or, or you cook a whole pig in like mm-hmm. uh, where it's like buried. It's part of a serum. It's part of like an event. Yes. And, and I think if there's, if there's a ritual, like say like eating crab legs, the process of that is more of an individual thing that may be more red, that may be more green. But if there's a community element to we're getting together, we're doing this thing. Food is a part of what we're doing. That feels a lot more white. Okay. Well, I anyway, think we're getting white some a little bit sign. more part of the pie as we're going. So Yeah. And, okay. And it, We've gotten through one food so far. We've one entire food. I'm going to cross that one off because I had that on my list too. Sweet. Do we, want, do we want to do the weird sideways one right now? Now let's talk about a little more general because I've teased it several times. So I want to talk a little bit about the um, – Amer- part of what I'm talking about when I say a lot of American food is excessive and black. So it's there is a, a portion, there's a, there's a corner of American breakfast food that has an absurd, ridiculous, ludicrous amount of sugar in it. Uh, we're talking most of our breakfast cereals, we're talk- which are supposed to be for kids and just get them all wired as hell on you know, Fruit Loops or whatever. Um, and that's honestly not even one of the worst ones with some of the things we have going on now. Um, we're talking about like pastries where breakfast is just like a bunch of donuts and that's like nothing but carbs and sugar. Um, even into the pancakes, waffles, French toast, and especially what you can do at like 
I mean, to just call out one place that I both love and am afraid of, IHOP, just what the hell they do with a stack of pancakes sometimes. The the syrups and creams and whipped creams and flavors that go onto those things and chocolate chips is absurd. And so a lot of that, like there, there, there may be some other colors depending on what it is and pinging in other directions, but there's a core of the black excess color or flavor at all costs. This makes me think of like when I was in college, we had on the weekends in the, the food hall, there was actually just like the setup, make your own waffles, <laughs> like a machine setup that you could just pour batter into pre-made batter, ready to go. You poured it in, flipped it over. You got yourself a basic huge waffle. And then there was just toppings <laughs> and those toppings yes. were fruit, but like if they were fruit, they were like sweet fruits. Oh, they yeah. were, it's yeah. Fruit like in syrup, fruit like in syrup. Uh, it's not you know, fresh fruit. No, Some places no. will do that, but that's yes, less yeah, not in the college dorm. No, not in the college dorm. Cause part of it is, and there, there's a little bit of like necessity or maybe white in, in some of this too, is like fresh strawberries don't last very long. Jarred strawberries packed in syrup, will last a while <laughs> so yeah, you can but, buy those in bulk right. and save them keep using them for a good period of time for all of the hungry students but like you said th there's gonna be like yeah fruit in in syrup there's gonna be chocolate chips there might be m&ms there might be some granola there might be some health food <laughs> options but like the amount of options is this like plethora of like just choices to be made that let you then also just go to excess yes it, is that plethora of options itself a form of excess? I want to say yes, but that I might so. require exploration well, later. I, <laughs> this might be revealing more about me and myself. But like <laughs> when I go to one of these places like that, like it means that I want some of everything that looks yes. good. And like I can have a pancake with just one of those things, but when I have them all together, this this is why I have a hard time going to Cold Stone. <laughs> Right, which so is an ice cream yeah. place that lets you do a similar thing, where it's like, I want this ice cream with these, you know, so includes. And I'm what's like, what's funny is like you mentioned that, but my first thought was the the quote unquote healthy option that we sometimes have in America of frozen yogurt bars that pop oh. up. Except you then have to pay by weight, and let me tell you, yes, it always weighs more than I'm planning on it weighing because <laughs> I mix like. A bunch of like frozen yogurt in, and then I go over and put toppings on. Yeah, and then you're like, "Hey, I gotta get some Oreos and some gummy bears and some whipped cream and some fruit, yeah. so I don't feel guilty." Yeah, and some raspberries on top to make people think I make good choices. So like, like, <laughs> like to me, these are the types of things that when I really think of like that excess piece that yes, but like you said, sugars. Like we eat a lot more donuts, or you know, people talk about like the difference in maybe getting a scone in America versus even getting a scone somewhere like Britain. Is it mm -hmm. like we make them sickly sweet to the point that it's like yes, it, 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 yeah, and I mean, it, yeah, and and that is more or less the case for some of these. Like your pancakes, your waffles, your French toast don't necessarily have to be that, and aren't always. But they are very much vehicles for that excess sometimes where it's like, all right, I'm going to put some syrup on this. That's not bad. Or like one time, a long time ago when I used to make pancakes a lot or no waffles, because actually I busted up my waffle iron this weekend. I'm not sure if I told you. It's it's been 15 years since I used the thing and I made a mess, but it was glorious. But what I like <laughs> as you years do when ago, you did a waffle maker. As I do. Well, exactly. I mean, and also we're we're talking, you know red chef here but to to go back to so fairly good choices like years ago i found i was playing around with extracts 
So I made waffles and I found a good mix and I have no idea what that was. So I have to rediscover it now where I use pineapple, co- uh, coconut and orange extract. And then not pineapple, um, coconut, orange and banana extracts. And then instead of syrup, I do like whipped cream, which if you don't go ridiculous, isn't too bad. And then crushed pineapple. And like, that's my pina colada waffle, which by the way, I I noticed I did mention included orange because my version of a pina colada was always from orange Julia. So that's a whole other thing going back. (laughs) Just what I, me as a kid and what we did, but so like that was really good and actually not terrible (laughs) in the, way that we're talking about here so that well, gets away from some of that and, and french however thing. you brought up something interesting in that discussion yeah. which is extracts yes so extracts it's more we have clean. not really had a chance to talk about them i mean they haven't really come up with anything else that we've we've been talking about baking they come up more because they're often used to give you burst of flavor without using a ton of a natural ingredient so mm-hmm. they're like the most blue thing ever. I mean, they talk about yes. this on, on so many cookie shows that like you need to be very careful if you're using extracts because yes. a little goes a very long way. And the idea is because you don't really want to be adding a ton of like, say, liquid to something to be able to get your citrus flavor in. You know, this is mm-hmm. why you also use like the zest of an orange. But the other way to do it is to use an extract, which is a highly concentrated, like chemical version of it, you mm-hmm. know. If you th- if people don't know this vanilla extract, if do you want to know how to do you know how to make vanilla extract, Alex? I, I don't. This is literally what you could do if you want to make it yourself. You need a clear bottle of uh, alcohol, so mm-hmm. some sort of a clear alcohol, not a ton of flavor in them, like a vodka. Uh, you can also use things like you know like Everclear. Or, I mean, like it, it, you, but you need like a grain alcohol that is a a, a clear liquid, and you soak a vanilla bean in it. For like a month in like a dark place. Um, but that's literally what extract is. It is okay. pulling that flavor in a way that then you're, you're pairing it with something that is more neutral, but is not like it is a scientific process of like breaking down all of that flavor into the vanilla and then giving you kind of an, a, a thing that you can use to mimic the flavor of the vanilla, but make it go a lot further. Yeah. I and mean, so, that's- yeah. That's so actually like, kind of what artificial sweeteners are. That's this is a whole thing that, that God Lord, this is a this is a rabbit hole. But like the artificial sweeteners in like diet pop are like a th- many of them are hundreds or thousands of times sweeter than sugar, and that's why they're diet because you include so much less of them than actual sugar. Yeah, yeah. So like it, it just made me think as we're talking about extract with use for baking because a lot of our our baked things are baked goods. It's like this is you don't want too much. uh, You know, you want to get that flavor in, but you don't want to be adding like liquid to a baked good because it's much more of a science necessarily um, to it. And so that's extracts is a clear way to see how blue can be brought into these. Yeah, just that's a side tangent from breakfast foods. It's just the first time it's ever come up. That's good. It's a good tangent. I'm glad I, I decided to tangent myself and then we could tangent off of that tangent and then come back. At yeah, some do point. You have, we have more breakfast foods to discuss. I do have more <laughs> breakfast foods to discuss. So one other general thing is, is there are some particular dishes, chicken and waffles is one. I have a couple others that we'll talk about, but a lot of American breakfast stuff is, is kind of boils down to the same handful of things. And you get like, platters of these foods or maybe you'll do like an omelet or things it's generally your 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 grains like bread or muffins or, or pancakes and then uh like hash browns and then some breakfast 
protein and eggs. And, and it's, it's weird. Like all of our breakfast protein, I've been thinking about this recently is basically all pig. Yeah, breakfast it's almost sausage, all bacon, and ham. I don't know why we just looked at a pig and said that's breakfast, and then a cow was like, "You aren't." <laughs> and but that's apparently what Americans did. It's but not pork, I suppose. So it's it's like some portion of you are breakfast, like a lot of you, but not all of you are breakfast. And then, like, looked at the next animals and was like, "All of y'all get in line for lunch and dinner." Yeah, it, it, yes, but that's a really good point. Like, I, I was thinking through platters was my next thing, which actually even translates to the full English breakfast. So mm, um, yeah. that is where there's some kind of similarities between American, but it was like, I feel like America takes it to, once again, either a more extreme level or just we add a lot of sugar and stuff well, to it. Yeah, um, not, yeah, yeah. You, get, you, you, get your, you get your grand slams. Like we're talking, there is very specifically Denny's because, oh, God. But like, but a full English breakfast, where people don't know, is like tomatoes, eggs, mushrooms, ham, sausage, and often like baked beans or a form of beans. And then, like, then honestly, then uh, what I would consider the full would be you would get some sort of blood pudding. So that's where we get into the weirder kind of things. But the idea is like it's a it's some of everything. Yeah. Um, that kind of just like, but a lot of yeah. you said, like a lot of American places, if you go to the breakfast menu, it is some form of these where you get to personalize them, but they all kind of have similar elements. Yes, that, that that's a very common thing. Um, that's also kind of a common like diner thing. Well, uh, diners will tend to have a lot of the pancakes and waffles and, you know, sausage and bacon and eggs and hash browns. And that's sort of kind of the cornerstone of that food group in the in the diner thing. So I'm curious with these platters, where do you put them? Um, there's definitely culturally, there's a lot of white because it's very common touchstones in in our culture like there is just about anywhere in the country you go to a place that's going to serve breakfast you can get like bacon and eggs that's just going to be a thing um honestly there's a lot of green in that too because most of those at least those portions of it the protein is just the protein i guess sausage is its own thing but like bacon ham eggs even hash browns that's tends to like that's a chopped up potato that you fry there's yeah, not yeah. a ton of, of processing to it. Yep. Um, I I would say it, it all kind of depends on what you do with it. Like just because of who we are, our portions tend to be more excessive. So you might get kind of an abs in there from portion size, but from the actual cooking of the particular items, it's maybe more white, white, more green, depending on the specifics. Cool. Yeah, I can see this. So I had a, another one that is, is very much something that I like <laughs> – <laughs> I actually am almost willing to go out on a limb and, and give this a mono color for this Ooh. just the the black because I think it is the most indulgent thing ever. Yeah. So chicken fried steak. So if people don't know this is yes. steak that has been breaded and fried. Chicken fried steak with eggs. And oftentimes you get them at like a diner, they're gonna come with pancakes too. Oh. And and it and it comes with a country with, gravy. Well, and, and that was the last thing I was going to element. You know, we've talked about gravy as like our <laughs> clear example. This is a fried steak. So yes, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's already a steak. It's fried, and then you pour gravy on top of it, like a nice white, just like 
lard is my guess usually some flour and water just like yeah it's all it is it is flavor it, it really is flavor too and yes. i will tell you oh, i would oh god 20 year old hobbs would eat like an entire this in one setting um but like that to me i don't even know where else i would put that yeah, that's that's very black. You're, and the, I don't think you could do anything else with it. There's there's nothing green about it. There's nothing even really blue about it, even though you're doing a lot of work to these ingredients. You're not like trying to bring out something new. You're not trying to experiment and do other, you know, present them in different ways. Just like, no, more fat, more flavor. More flavor. Right. And it's not like a red that it's an experience necessarily or a, or even an intensity. It's not even an intense yeah. flavor, right? To any other color is simply culturally there's some element of white, but even that I think More is comfort. less. Yeah, there's some comfort, but I think that's even less because it's, it's – that's a much less common thing these days. I, I think it still exists in America and people are generally familiar with it, but I think it's a lot less common yeah than it used to be no nope, i was excited about this one because that's like that's a good one man if that i was could not just, on my list if i could eat food with just zero consequences and that's the oh. whole point it is that and and that add actually, the eggs too just like because you gotta yeah. dip the bread or the the breaded meat into the eggs uh, like see i i i'm not a big fan of yolks so my eggs are like always over hard <laughs> And and now I need a new co-host. Does anyone want? To I was just going to say, um, I was literally just about to say things you learn about your co-host on a Monday <laughs> night. Yeah, uh, and to be to be perfectly honest, at this point, I don't actually get eggs all that often. I'll get eggs here and there, but it, I think it, it's. It, I think we better would be better to just move on to any other food yeah. you have listed. Um, so so to to piggyback onto that into something that has some passing similarities. I want to talk about biscuits and gravy. This is the one. This is yeah. the one that I warned you about months ago when we prepared this I was like, episode. This is what like kicked off the idea. Yeah. Yeah, it was. This is one of my favorite things. And so this is Southern style, American style biscuits, which is not what some people hear when I say the word biscuit because they have different definitions of that in, in their particular culture. I, I know that's a thing in, in Britain. I don't know if greater Europe or the, the, the UK, that's a thing. Biscuits are closer to cookies or sweeter um, baked things that, that we have here. Biscuits uh, in England are cookies. Yeah. Yeah. Southern style, Southern American style biscuit are buttery and they're rich it's there's not it's not a sweet thing though sometimes you'll serve it with like honey or, or, or jam or something that is sweet on it but it in on its own is not sweet um but it's it's flaky and butter lots and lots of butter like that's an important part of making a biscuit is putting lots of butter um and then a sausage gravy this is at least the traditional version of this so it's it's like a country gravy but then you put sausage in it <laughs> And then you're adding more fat in it that way. Um, this is this is something that I got. Actually, I got to make this again. My sister's recipe was really, really basic. It's sausage. You fry that sausage until the grease is all out of it. And then you put in flour and milk. And when it thickens, you add a lot of black pepper, more than you want. Well, more. And then just you add more and then you add some more than that. Because at least I do. I, I love black pepper. That's part of why I like the biscuits and gravy. And it's 
in that way, it's a fairly simple thing. It's just a couple of flavors. You get the biscuit and what now biscuits aren't terribly simple to make. And I'll be honest, I've never made my own. I just get some canned ones that I can make that are, are easier to make for me. But that gravy is just lots of sausage, lots of black pepper. And, you know, with the milk and the flour, there's a little bit of creaminess in there. But it's I love biscuits and gravy. It's probably my favorite breakfast thing. And once again, this is when you had this is when you pitched the idea to me. <laughs> this is where the initial discussion even came up of are we going to be talking about everything is mono black? And this is actually where we first tangented into even thinking about hybrid, um, which we revisited in Thanksgiving, or we talked a lot more about in the Thanksgiving episode, if people want to go back. But I was saying that the it kind of was getting to the point where either everything was going to be black X or we had to kind of think of other ways to be looking at this, which is that yeah. it happens with certain mechanics or certain elements of magic. I mean, I think that that's, it, that is something that happens where you, you kind of try to think about, well, Oh, I mean, we did talk about this last time, uh, you know, secondary and tertiary colors for a mechanic like, haste, yes, right. So, like yeah, talking about the color pie as, as less, like the color identity of a particular card or like a legend who is three colors. Yeah. Thinking of it more of a, like a mechanic, like you said, like haste that is in, you know, primary in this color, secondary in this color, tertiary in this color. And that's, that is. And these, these foods that we're talking about are the, the yeah. I think the reasons this has been the first category yeah. where I most clearly have had a harder time. Like, and, and trust me, there are tons of other breakfast foods that we're not discussing today that, granola and yogurt right you know like there's things that people do eat but we're trying to think of like what we think of for like breakfast foods and when we're talking about like we're talking kind of decadence um you know i was gonna switch us because i know we're we're, we're getting close i don't know how many more you have but just one cool because i'm gonna take us in the like the direction of just like where i need to know your opinions because i cannot comment on these without feeling revolted (laughs) in my soul oh okay which is any form of oatmeal cream Ah. of wheat the consistencies of those warm cereals yes i i cannot comment on that because i literally cannot get through the texture of them that's that's fair i have a hard time with cream of wheat um, in particular, I will eat oatmeal occasionally. <clears throat> I think there there is some green element. It's a little more of a natural thing. Some of it depends on what it is. I guess I don't know about what the hell cream of wheat is. That might be more blue, but I don't know. I'm not actually sure how that's made. I know oatmeal itself is a little more natural. It's oats, basically, like boiled until they're kind of mushy. Um, yes. Sort of. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they are. But yeah, those are things not you do recognizable. So, though. like, I when I get oatmeal, I make it super porridge, sugary. That's porridges. Yeah, porridges, porridges. Yeah, porridges. Yeah, for yeah. Um, like, I will legitimately add milk, brown sugar, raisins, and syrup to my <laughs> to my oatmeal until it's just like a, a sugary soup, like substance and that's much more of black use of that particular those particular ingredients um i, I think don't you're know. just trying to make them 
palatable. I, I mean, they're like, I mean, that's the thing. They are a natural ingredient, that's but they're. That is some like, of it. Like the, the like, natural taste of it. I'm not a big fan of. So, like, <laughs> so it's I, like, I got to so, add stuff to it. This is the whole category. I guess I, I, I honed in on those, but these are all ideas of porridges. Because yeah. yep. um, grits is the other one that I think, but grits, I think of as having a much more cultural aspect yeah. component to it. So I was trying to think like porridge and, and grits is, is used a little bit more widely than this. Like grits is definitely a, is a food that is eaten for breakfast, but it is also, it has other context to it as well. Or maybe it's just, yeah. Eaten. yeah. I think some of the meals that I know of, like, like you do like shrimp and grits and stuff like that, or is that That's eaten true. for breakfast? No, that is. I'm it's a dinner sure. entree would be shipping. Right. Yeah. Shim, and shrimp so it, and grits. It, it is used you know, for breakfast, like it is definitely offered for breakfast. Sometimes it is part of a breakfast thing. Um, and I, I guess that is probably it's, the closest analog for it is, is the porridges. It is porridges. I mean, they're, they're all like grits is like a cornmeal based one. Mm -hmm. Oatmeal is kind of an oat or wheat one cream of wheat. Same thing, except it's a consistency, you know, it's, but to me, it's like, God, I just, the, it's, these, they have bland textures on their own. Yes. And I, and and bland taste and the texture is yeah is i don't quite say slimy but it's kind of slimy <laughs> it can, not it can be it, I, the texture it, is not great. i know plenty of people that love this these textures and this is why yeah, I, like textures is a really interesting element of food we have not talked a ton about yeah but texture. a lot of my food aversions or things that i don't like when it comes to food tend to fall into this texture category and this is just off the cuff and maybe we, I change this opinion, but I'm not sure texture breaks down into color as well, but we can kind of think about that. Cause try oh, to think of what it does. True. It might Te not. Texture is colorless. <laughs> yeah. Colorless, we, we got there, right? <laughs> like it. Yeah. That, that is very, it's a very good point. Um, so does that wow. make oatmeal colorless? <laughs> We're just going to call it colorless and walk away. I mean, it's kind of like looking at a bowl of oatmeal feels pretty colorless to me. It's, I mean, like, it's about the same color as the old, you know, the old borders, I guess. And that's our show for today. You can find the hosts on Twitter. HotsQ can be found at HotsQ, and Alex Newman can be found at Mel underscore Chronicler. Send any questions, comments, thoughts, hopes, and dreams to at GoblinLorePod on Twitter, or email us at GoblinLorePodcast at gmail.com. If you want to support your friendly neighborhood gobsmokes, the cast can be found at patreon.com slash Opening and closing music by Vindergotten, who can be found on Twitter at Vindergotten or online at vindergotten.bandcamp.com. Logo art by Steven Raphael, who can be found on Twitter at Steve Raphael. Goblin Lore is proud to be presented by Tipsters of the Coast as part of their growing Vorthos content, as well as magic content of all kinds. Check them out on Twitter at HipstersMTG or online at HipstersOfTheCoast.com. Thank you all for listening. And remember, goblins, like snowflakes, are only dangerous in numbers.